0: you take your Bibles this morning and go to the New Testament book of Colossians, the second chapter, as you're doing that, let me welcome those who are joining us at our campuses this morning. Uh, We are excited about what God is doing there today as well as here, and we trust that you are being ministered to already and that you're going to be ministered to today in this service as well. I've been talking to you about life with purpose and, and as I begin to, to look at this whole thing about purpose, I, I, I begin to look at nature and, and what I found out about nature is, is that everything that is created has a purpose. Did you know that? Uh, even, even ragweed has a purpose. I think its purpose is to make me have itchy eyes and, you know, for about two months here in the fall. Uh, uh, but, but you know what? When when the, the purpose of something is defined, what you begin to see is is that, that it's easy to do what you have been destined to do. do. Do you know what? You don't have to stand around an apple tree and look at it and say, grow apples. Grow apples. Would you please grow some apples? I mean, you don't have to do that, do you? I mean, apple trees just do what? They grow apples. I mean, it's, it's not, you, you don't go out every day and say, well, I, I wonder if this tree's going to grow. No, if it's an apple tree, it's going to grow apple. If it's a peach tree, it's going to grow peaches. Whatever it is, uh, it's going, the Bible says it's going to produce after its own kind. I, I mean, do, do you know what? You don't have to teach a bird how to fly. I mean, have you ever had to walk up to a bird and say, would you fly? Here's how you fly. You move your wings You don't have to do that, do you? Why? Because a bird, the purpose of a bird's existence is to fly. In fact, if the bird doesn't fly, we know something's wrong. Everybody teach a fish how to swim? Fish, here's how you swim. This is the backstroke. Uh, You know, it's it's the purpose of what it's been created for, and therefore it performs its purpose well. Now, man is the only one that really struggles with this. And yet we're the highest part of God's creation. Why do we struggle with what our purpose is? Well, let me, let me just tell you, and we'll jump into the, to the subject for the day, but, but let me tell you, your purpose in life, your greatest overall purpose in life is to bring glory to God. That's what you were created for. Adam and Eve were created in the beginning of time. Why were they created? They were created in the image and in the likeness of God, the Bible says. What were they doing? They were created to bring glory to God. They were created to spend time in God's presence. You and I have been created to bring glory with, to God. And so our life with purpose, as we talked about the first week, has to be centered around God. And you have to have life with God. Last week we talked about life with others and how that you have to live that life out. Today we're going to talk about life with the church. You and I... If, if we're going to really fulfill the purpose and the plan that God has for our life, we have got to live that out with a group of believers that the Word of God calls the church. Now, I, I want to tell you something. There was a song back in, I think, the 70s uh, that went this way. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. Me and Jesus got it all worked out. You, you, anybody remember that? Anybody old enough to remember that song? A few of you. The rest of you just lied in church, but that's all right. All uh, right. Yeah like I know I'm 22 you passed it a long time ago all right just like me uh, you know, there, there's. Th- listen, it's not me and Jesus. Over 50 times in the New Testament, the Word of God talks about one another. It says you're to pray for one another. It says you are to exhort one another. It says you are to love one another. Listen, you can't do that outside of the confines of a ch- local church body where that you are called together to walk out this thing called life day in and day out. So if I really want to find my purpose, that purpose not only involves me and God it not only involves those that I have that I I am around in daily life but it genuinely involves being around those who go together uh, in this thing we call church. Now look there uh, in Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 and 7 this has been our foundation scripture for this whole series and we've just been kind of going through the book of Colossians it says so then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord. Now let me stop there for just a moment. That word Lord is something that we don't spend much time on. We love to receive Jesus as Savior but the Bible says here the Apostle Paul said he said you didn't just receive him as Savior you received Christ Jesus as Lord that means he is in charge of your life the Bible says it this way you are bought with a price you are not your own therefore glorify God in your body so he says Christ Jesus as Lord continue to live in him Rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness and 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 so the Apostle Paul told us th- this is how you have to live this is what you are called to live in day in and day out is this aspect of your life with purpose is rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and in walking with him but would you go to the fourth chapter we're going to jump ahead a little bit we, we spent a lot of time the last couple of weeks in the third chapter uh, but I this is this is one of those series that probably could have been about a 10week series and I'm trying to consolidate it down uh, into a three-week series so jump ahead uh, to the fourth chapter, look in the 7th verse. Uh, Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. Now this is one of the the men there. He says he is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. Now in this, if you're going to have life for the church, the apostle Paul writing here says uh, this man is coming and when he gets there he's going to tell you uh, what I've been doing, what's been going on in my life, the things that have been taking place but he lists in here three specific things and if you underline in your bible underline these would you underline the word brother would you underline faithful minister now i'm in the new international version it may read a little differently what you've got and and also fellow servant Uh, those are the three things we're going to talk about this morning as as we look at life with the church that that you and i as we walk together now let me explain this if if you are not Uh, male and you read that and you say well that's not talking to me well it's not just talking to brothers it's talking to sisters also one fellow said he's not just talking to the brethren he's talking to the cisterns as well all right so so it's it's both all right it's referring and and this this word brother is in reference to fellowship now you know we've tried to explain fellowship on so many levels and people say well fellowship means it's fellows on the same ship I said, no, that's that's pretty corny and that's not what it means. Uh, you can have fellows on the same ship and they can hate each other. So that's not what it's about. Uh, f- fellowship. Uh, the 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 Greek word is the w- word for love is the word koinonia, and, and it means uh, a- an intimate relationship. It means knowing one another. In fact, uh, when they did communion in the New Testament church, they called it the love feast. They called it the koinonia feast, and and it really was. If you study, especially the book of Corinthians, you'll find out that it wasn't what we do. We kind of get together, we get the little you know little cups and the little little uh, wafers that taste like cardboard, right? We hand them out, and everybody takes them, and we're done. Uh, they literally would come together and have a feast. I mean, they would hang out. They would party hardy. They really would. I mean, go study the script. In fact, they were partying hardy so much that Paul had to write to them and say, quit getting drunk at church. Now, that messes up our total amount of theology. But he did. I mean, he got on them because they were. But, but it was all about coming together in fellowship. And, and, and so as, as I be, begin to look at this, Romans 12 kind of gives us uh, an aspect here. And I'll go through it real quickly. But I, I want to show you what fellowship uh, really is. Romans 12, verse 10 uh, says, be de- devoted to one another in brotherly love. So first of all, the first thing you've got to do in fellowship is you've got to love one another. Now, how many of you know that sometimes you don't like everybody you go to church with? No, come on, tell the truth. You, those of you watching, you know that sometimes that you don't like everybody you go to church with. Just, all right, let me ask it this way. How many, of you got, how many of you have some people in your family that you're just not real fond of? Wow, that was easy. Like, Yes! Wouldn't it have been nice if you could have picked your family? And I'm sure your family members feel the same about you. And it's the same way with the body of Christ. Is is that you know if 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 I were going to have a church just just you know I I would pick certain people. They'd all be like me. They'd all be it'd be bad, but. And all think a you know, all this kind of and, and yet God brings us from varied backgrounds, from, from sundry places, all these things. And he puts us together and he says, By this shall all men know you are my disciples, if you have love one to the other. He didn't say if you went to church together. He said if you have love. And so so the first aspect of fellowship is I've I've got to love those that I go to church with. I, I've got to, to take the the whole aspect. And, and I want to tell you, sometimes you have to ask God to help you do that. There are times in your life where it's like, oh, man, oh, man. But God tells us that, that we're, we're to have fellowship. And so the Apostle Paul writing here, he said, he, he said he's a dear brother. And in, in other words, it's this fellowship that he and I have. Uh, the second aspect there, uh, also in the, in the 10th verse of, of the 12th chapter of the book of Romans says, honor one another above yourselves. So, so the, the, the second thing you've got to do in this fellowship thing is that you've got to honor one another. Have you ever, again, going back to Corinthians, have you ever read there where, where the Apostle Paul is, is talking about well, communion, and, and he writes to them, and he says, uh, he said, some of you have, have gotten sick, some of you have even died because you have not discerned the Lord's body properly. Ever read that? And we always, you know, we get real maudlin when it's time to take communion. We say, now, be careful tonight because if you don't take this right. If you take this in an unworthy manner, God's going to strike you down. Right? But let's do, let's do some further exegesis of the Scripture. Let's, let's look at what the Scripture says. The Word of God says that who is the body of Christ? The church. Right? The church is the body. He's the head. We're the body. So the scripture there is not talking about that we don't discern Jesus Himself and His His crucifixion or His resurrection. That we're not. What it is saying to us is this: is that genuinely we have not honored one another the way that we should have. And because we have not, what would happen to us if we honored one another the way we should? Do you know what? There are people sitting around you wherever you are today, uh, wherever you're sitting right now, there are people all around you who have great anointings from God. And if you're not careful, you'll miss it. There are people who will come up to me on, on different occasions and, and God will have given them a prompting or a word. And, and, and sometimes they'll, they'll speak that to me and I, and I just look at them and go, you got to be kidding me. God's using you? And I've said that to a few of them. I won't point at anybody. But, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's like, God, you, it, really? But you know what? God has an anointing that he's placed in. De- and if we would honor one another that way, we would begin to see the blessings of God, the power of God. And I wonder what God could do in our churches if we really honored one another. If we really came to that place that we understood what honoring one another meant, what would God begin to do? How would the Spirit of God begin to flow in our midst as we gathered together if we truly honored one another? Verse 12 of that same chapter says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. The third thing that that fellowship involves, it involves worship with one another. Now see, that's why we come together week after week. It's, it's not because you should say, Well, can I worship at home? Yes, you can. But there's something about coming together with other believers, with other men and women, with other people who have professed the same thing that you have professed of your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you come together, something happens. The Bible declares it this way one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. There's something that happens when we come together. The term is synergy. As we come together, something happens. And so if I can worship God at home, what happens when I bring hundreds of other people together and I begin to worship God together? i tell you what happens. All the angels of heaven take note when the people of God come together to worship God and to declare the glory of God. Verse 13 says, that we are to share with God's people who are in need and to practice hospitality. So the fourth aspect of fellowship is we've got to learn to be gracious to one another. Have you ever been to somebody's house who just has a real gift of hospitality? Ever been there? Ever? I mean, it's, I love going to people's houses that have hospitality gifts. Now, if you don't have it, don't ask us. I mean, have you, have you ever been to people's houses that, that you're afraid to move? You know, I mean, uh, they, they hand you a, a glass of something, to drink, and you start to sit it down, and they, they're running with a coaster to slip it. You know, they, they slide it under. I mean, just, you know, it's like, you know, you wouldn't, I, I can remember years ago that when, when our, our children were smaller, uh, we had a couple in our church then that, that came to us, and they said, Pastor, we want to take you out on our boat. And I'm thinking, boat? You know, bass boat at the best speed boat. I said, sure, I'd love to. I said, well, bring the kids. I get there. This thing has teak wood everywhere, has it has a kitchen in it, it has all this stuff. And my kids are there. <laughs> and they're just kids, you know, kids. I mean, you know, and, and, and the whole time I was on that boat, you know, when you got bedrooms, it's not a boat. I was, I mean, I was as nervous as, I, I was just thinking, what are they going to tear up? What are they going to break? Right? And, and yet the word of God tells us that, that if we're really going to have fellowship with one another, what we've got to do is that we've got to come to that place uh, where we're gracious to one another. Where, but you know what? And it really does mean where we break bread together. That's part of life with the church. That's part of life on purpose uh, with with what God has called you to do uh, in your life. The the, the second thing that he refers to there, he, he says not only he is a dear brother, but he says he is also a faithful minister. Now, Matthew 16, let me read this to you. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That word faithful minister is in reference to discipleship. Oh, wow. If I am going to live the purpose that I have for my life, then I have got to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said it this way. He said, if you're going to be a disciple, he said, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Now, I don't know of any of those three things we want to do. Gets quiet. I mean, think about it. Deny myself. I mean, do, do you realize that the entire economy of the Western society is built on not denying yourself? What do you think credit cards with 29% interest is all about? Boy, it gets quiet when pastors doing really good preaching. <laughs> you know, it's, it's well, I don't want to deny myself. I don't, don't want to wait till I can pay for it. Oh, help me. All right, And yet the Word of God says, if you want to be a true disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Him. You you remember in Scripture one day where where the Word of God says that, that the Apostle Peter came to Jesus and he said, Lord, we've given up everything to follow you. Now, that was a pretty limited perspective on Peter's part. He's a lot like us. Have you ever thought you were really having a bad day until you met somebody who really was? Right? And and the apostle Peter was saying, Lord, I gave up everything. Well, you know, Jesus had given up heaven. Talk about giving up everything to come to earth. And and Jesus looks back at him and he says, Peter, he said, whatever you've given up, houses, lands, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, he said, That's going to be restored to you 100-fold in this world. But we don't like that next part. There's another part of that verse in one one of the Gospels that he says, with tribulation. Well, aren't we having fun? He he, he said that that in, in the process of life, I am going to restore to you 100 fold now now what we have taken that to mean and 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 I've heard it preached and I just get I just get upset every time I hear it preached now what that means is if you give a dollar God is bound by his word to give you a hundred dollars back let me tell you something God is not the lottery he is not a slot machine and he does not work in the way of the world that word 100 fold if anybody would go read that and study what it means 100 fold means maximum return now I want to tell you if I give up houses and lands and all these things for the kingdom of God and I get to heaven I've got a hundred fold in this world because I've been saved Boy, see, now, now here's what's interesting about preaching this this morning. I would get a lot more positive response if I would say to you, oh, yeah, now if you just give a little bit more, God will just bless a little bit more. And I do believe that if you give God, I don't have any problem with that. But I want to tell you, we are not understanding that the Scripture says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. We, we love to quote parts of Scriptures. Lord, that we would know you. In the power of your resurrection, read the rest of the verse, and in the fellowship of your suffering. Aren't you glad this is the last one of this series? (laughs) See, if I'm really going to be a person who lives the life that Jesus Christ has called me to, to live, I am going to live truly as a disciple. And a disciple has to give up his rights. He has to give up everything that they have, and they have to be willing to follow the Lord, to do what God has called them to do, and to say, Lord, I am not my own. I will follow you. And you know what? Discipleship means being involved with one another. It means walking together with what God has called you to walk in. Now, the third and final aspect of that he refers to as a fellow servant. And when I begin to study that, that fellow servant is talking to us about stewardship. Do you remember the story uh, where the master calls in, the three guys, and he gives one five talents, which is money. He gives one two talents, which is money, and he gives one one talent, which is money. He gives them money. And he says, now I want you to take this and I want you to use it until I get back. And and the scripture says that one doubled and the second one doubled and the third guy took his and hid it. And and when the master got back, the guy who had hid it, although he brought back what the master had given him, the scripture says the master looked at him and says, Thou unprofitable servant. See, God has given unto you time, talents, and treasures. Let me say it again. God has given... Time, talent, and treasure. None of us know how much time we've been given. People say, well, you know, they didn't fulfill their life. Who said? Did Stephen, the day he was martyred, did Stephen fulfill his life? Yeah, he fulfilled his life. You want me to prove it? He said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand. Listen, if your life is not fulfilled, if it is not time for you to go home, you're not going to see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. That's what he said. I mean, we we, we read. Do do you realize that when you study the Scripture, that that 11 out of the 12 apostles died by the sword or died by crucifixion? They they died seemingly before their time should have been up. So none of us, you say, Pastor, why, why are you preaching this this morning? Because none of us know how much time we've got. But you know what I do know? I do know I've got right now. And so it's my priority in life to use right now to the best of my ability. To live it to the fullest. To do everything that I can. When you get up tomorrow morning and you realize you're still alive. Now some of you, that's after your third cup of coffee. As you kind of go, well, I'm, I'm here. When that moment hits you, you need to say, today, I am going to grab this day by the throat, and I am going to use this day with everything that is in me. I am going to fulfill my destiny today, and I'm going to live life on purpose. So I, I know this is what I've got. I don't know if I've got, listen, I don't know, and this is not being a morbid, I don't know if I'll preach to you again. I never know. When I am done on a Sunday preaching, I never know if I will stand again to preach to you. That's why it's so important that I do everything within me to communicate to you what God is speaking through His Word. Because I may not have another chance, but I got this chance, and I'm going to do everything I can to impart into your life what the Word of God says. So we've got to take stewardship of our time. We've got to take stewardship of our talents. Of the abilities that God has placed within our lives of those things that he has given to us listen there there are some of you and and I don't I don't want to get in your business but I'm going to for this long there are some of you that God has given great giftings and I'm not talking about quote-unquote spiritual giftings at this point I'm talking about God has given you abilities there are some of you that that you have the ability to you you have yet to meet a stranger I mean, you're, you're just the kind who has the, has the ability to make people feel at ease, and, and, and you just, you know, I mean, I, I get on a plane. I was on a plane yesterday flying, and, and I get on a plane, and, and I'm just praying nobody bothers me. I mean, I get a book, and I bury my head in it, and I don't want, I, there was a guy, I didn't want to talk to him yesterday. That person that I flew with that went with me, he got off the plane telling me everything about the person that was beside him. As they talked and I'm going what's wrong with you (laughs) I mean that was two and a half hours of uninterrupted study time I had in that plane and and you know but some of you are just that way you know wherever you go and and yet you you come to church you use that in your business you use that in your profession but when you come to church or you're around the things of God you never use that ability whatever it is God has said I've given you abilities Everybody has been given abilities, and we've got to use that for the glory of God. And everybody's been given treasure. Everybody's been given finances. Now, some of you have been given great finances, and some of you have been given not-so-great finances. But we all remember the story in Scripture where Jesus is standing watching them give, which I always think is interesting. Right? Right? I mean, can can you imagine what would happen if the pastor stood and watched what everybody gave? That's what Jesus. In fact, he's not just doing; he's got all his all his disciples around saying, "See what he gave? Oh, he gave a big one." And I mean, and the and. Did y'all read the Bible? This stuff's in there. I'm not making it up. He, he, he points at it, and, 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 the, and the disciples are getting, they're getting pumped because, you know, the rich people are coming by and, man, he gave $100. Oh, he gave $1,000. Oh, he gave 10000 I mean, they're getting pumped, and this little old widow comes by, and Jesus gets excited. He drops in two pennies, and Jesus said, hey, guys, you see that one? I said, oh, Lord, that wasn't much. Two pennies, Lord. He said, Yeah. He said, She gave more than they all. And they go, Hmm, that must be that new math. <laughs> Lord, how does that work? He said, They gave out of their abundance. She gave all she had. See, a lot of us, and I'm included in that, a lot of us have abundance. And I thank God for abundance. I mean, I, I've, I've had both. I'd rather have abundance than have lack. But I want to tell you, wherever I'm at, I want to be like the Apostle Paul. I've learned whatever state that I'm in to be content. I've learned how to be blessed, and I've learned how not to be blessed. And Paul said, wherever I'm at, he said, I've learned to be content. And so our treasure, that which God has given us financially, Is part of living this life out with purpose and living with the church. And and it's interesting to me how how upset people get any time that a pastor says anything about money. And yet the entirety of our existence revolves around money. Everything else in life revolves around money. In fact, the scripture says it this way. The Bible says, money answereth all things. That's what Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said, Money answereth all things. And so God has called me into this fellowship of believers. And that as I live that out, part of that is going to be with that which I have been given, I am required to use that to the glory of God. And so in every aspect of my life, I've got to live life with purpose. And that purpose is to glorify God. But you know what? I cannot do that in a vacuum. I can't do that up on a mountain by myself. I can't do that in the process of just me and Jesus. I've got to do that every day in fellowship with the body of Christ. That's what God's called me to do, to live life with the church. You and I have the privilege. To live life with one another that when somebody is blessed we're there and when somebody is going through the toughest time ever we're also there that we learn to rejoice with those who rejoice and that we also weep with those who weep that's part of life with this thing called the church the church is not a building the church are the people who gather together week in and week out. And as we do that, then the purpose of glorifying God is lived out through our lives. And there is change that not only happens to us, but also happens to every person that we meet because they see what God's doing in our lives.